My name is Trevor Brown, a.k.a. A Trevor Star. I'm a musician from Kingston, Jamaica. I came to Britain on the request of Trojan Records to perform and develop reggae music in Britain. I also came to play with David Nancy Collins, Double Barrel, Monkey Spanner. I was the guitarist for that group. My early years in Jamaica, as a, I was a session musician. Right, I'm a, I came from a family, a very big family. My family is 14. I'm the 11th of 14. I'm, um, I've, got, got a, I've got another brother who is also a musician. He's a singer in a, a well-known group in Jamaica. So that was always on the plate for me to be a musician. Right, I, I was then at the time playing with a very big band in Jamaica named Tamu Makoka and the Supersonics, and you know that band lifted me a little bit further. Um, my very first band was a band named Astronaut, consists of musicians who were are very famous musicians in this time now. That I can call the name one bass player who is from Third World was the guitarist in my band, Richard Daly. Um, the keyboard player, Wyalindo, who also played for Bob Marley, he was a keyboard player in my, in my band. Barry Biggs was a lead singer. My brother, Alton Brown, was also a singer as well. Michael Richards, who is also a very good drummer, one of Jamaica's greatest drummer, was also part of my band. So I had a good you know, upbringing in the music. Well, I moved to Brent because of... Um, the involvement with Dave and Hans Collin, you know, with Trojan, because they wanted musicians to came, you know, come to England to perform. Um, at the time, Dave had his number one. I was already playing with my band in Jamaica, Tom Mahook, and I know the producer from Dave and Hans Collin, you know, the, pro the guy who produced the record. I know his brother, and his brother said, you know, they're looking for musicians to go to England to develop the reggae music. I weren't interested at the time, you know, I wasn't keen on, on that you know, project. But then I met the, the, the culture secretary for Jamaica, Edward Siaga, who, who became um, Jamaica prime minister. You know, we had a meeting with him and he said, well, it's best to go to England to develop the reggae music. And, you know, he didn't twist my arm but convinced me that, you know, it's a good move. But when I came to Brent, the cultural scene was was all right for me, right? It wasn't that bad and it wasn't that good. Yeah, the cultural scene, uh, it was consists of just, I mean, my around me was Asians um, and Irish, mainly Irish people, you know what I mean? So that was, that was all right with me. It wasn't much Asian, <laughs> but a lot of Irish, you know what I mean? So that culture shock to me coming from a... a our country is, um, you know, predominantly black. You know, that was a shock for me as well. And, you know, and we call culture, wake up, you know. Well, you know, as I stated uh, before, my personal connection is, is, is the development. I came here for that purpose, not to just, you know, play. I came here to develop the music in general because there was a lot of band playing reggae music in this country. You know, so I met with some bad friends who already was here, you know, and they were doing gigs, and most of the gigs were at that time, I was invited to play. Just to show who said what I'm playing with, how to do the, you know, the scab, where they're talking about the skank, and, you know, the one drop, same thing, Bob Marley say, you know, we already have that in, from Jamaica. So my development was mainly 
to help help the, the bands that I play with. Well, I was always a reggae person from from day one, you know. Um, when I come into music in Jamaica, right, I just leave in rocksteady, the rocksteady form of music. So I get the the guys who were actually playing the reggae music. Do, um, these are the guys that really were learning from. They were my friends. I was growing them all the time. So when I becomes a player, I already have that reggae feel in me. So I could play the reggae feel. And I, that's why I used to make my living as a session musician. In Brent, there was a lot of um, community center. And I used to go around the community center and help out, you know. Um, some of the bands them know that playing now, who's, you know, playing, making money. I was, I have a lot to do with their, you know, up their musical career. You know, some of the artists, you know, right now in Brent, who's doing well, have a lot to do with their career because, you know, being coming from Jamaica, I already have that feel. You know, I have that natural feel. I could tell them, you know, when they're going wrong, when they're not going wrong. So the development that, you know, I came here to do was already started. Well, there's a lot of place now is doing reggae music. I mean, there used to be a place in Stonebridge Park. That's the very first place, you know, Donovan Court, where most of the, you know, young band started to play. I used to have a couple of friends now where I used to go around, which is they named, the group named Simarans, us, right? They were my friends. I already had friends who were trying to do the reggae, you know, they make, they're playing, but they're not playing with that kind of feel. And I used to, you know, move with them. So they used me as their first guitar and rhythm. So, you know, whenever they're doing that, I, I was always invited. Whenever they play, you know, I mean, they they always invite me to come along, you know. I've got a lot of um, friends who is doing, who is actually promoting reggae you now. So, you know, I'm like first time, you know, I get it first time. Whenever they're going to put on a show, I get a text, I get something, so well, look, there's going to be a, a concert here if I would like to, you know what I mean? So I get it first time from the promoters and the players and also from the radio station, you know, a lot of pirate station who is advertising these these shows, you know. So, well, you know, in my in my in my home, right? It's not just reggae. We've got right across the board. We've got walls, you know. We've got soul music. We've got gospel music, yeah. And like I said, you know, we've got ska. We've got rock steady, you know. And we used to listen to on pirate station, American pirate station. I can't remember if it's Caroline or one of the, one of those stations, you know. But uh, we used to look forward for that, you know. And also. Our local station, we've got guys who they rent slot. Like, you know, you have Treasure Isle, which was one of Jamaica Bell Company, you have Cox and Downbeat. There was the one that have, there was like a competition going on at that time between the two companies. So they have radio slots. Yeah, so on a Saturday you might get um Treasure Isle, they come on a certain time and in the evening you have Sir Coxon, you know. So and all the new music at that time were played on the radio, and, me, and mainly on the sound system. So, you know, in my house, we got a lot of, a lot of music going on. For me, I played on quite a few nice tracks, but m my reggae tracks, I, you know, I love Derry Wilson. I grew up on Derry Wilson, you know. I grew up on Armlin, so that's my brother group, you know. Solar Inspiration, Sentimental Reason, Dennis Brown, he was a bit younger than me, but you know his music inspired me as well. Bob came in at the fall later on. Uh, actually, I was supposed to play with Bob, 
you know, they were told, I mean, told in me to come and play with them, you know, but I didn't think they were that great at the time. That was a singing group, you know. I was playing in a, a musical a group with band. You know, Bob was the only player, Peter Touch, but they didn't have a full a full band at the time, so they wanted to form that band. Keep on asking me to come and join them, but they, David and Colin, came along, and first come first serve. And with the prime minister, ex prime minister, getting involved in my career, and you know, yeah, I made the choice to come to England. I'd never buy a reggae record. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you know, the guys who were making the records, them, you know, when they press the records, if you play it, they just come and give you a copy, you know. And don't ask me where them copies. I mean, it's been such a long time, forty odd years, you know, you know. So, but I can't remember buying a reggae record. To be honest with you. And if I do, it would have been like a Dennis Brown. Yeah, one of the first records I might have purchased, it could have been Marvin Gaye and Earth, Wind & Fire. That was my two favorite soul group. I like going out, so I go to a lot of clubs. Yeah, I go to the clubs, or I might listen to the, you know, what's on, on the radio. But mainly, I think it's going out, you know, go raving, you call it, going to parties or something like that where the guys um, is up to date with the reggae music now. You know, so that's that's where I go. Well reggae was the first of this time, you know, and I'm glad to be a part of this. Reggae was the first. When I came to England, there was no jungle. There was no lovers rock. It was just coming from the, the um the scale, you know, Derek Morgan, Moon Up. You know, so when I came to um to England, we had Bob and Marcia Griffiths, they were here before. You have the pioneers. You have Jackie Edwards, Danny Livingston. They were, you know, doing what they can about, you know, with the reggae. Jungle wasn't just. You know, Jungle is later on. The Lovers Rock, I had a lot to play, a lot to play in that part, you know, because a lot of people is, cl is claiming that they're a Lovers Rock and they, they, you know what I mean, they invented. I would challenge any one of them to say, oh, you get from where we was to the Lovers Rock. And if they, they can't tell me, because I know how I get to there. See, a lot of people is playing it now as if it, it's there. But being a musician, you have to be a musician to can play lovers, to know about the lovers rock. Yeah, a lot of people is jumping on the lovers rock back, say, oh, you know, they are this and they are that. But I challenge them, any one of them to say, oh, they get from that part of the music to lovers rock. You have to be a musician. You have to can do timing. You have to know about timing. You have to know about creativity. When I came to England, the sound system was the, the you know, is the hottest thing going on. You know, you've tried to find out where the biggest sound is playing. You know, so anywhere there's a dance on the sound, you know, my sound at that time it used to be people sound because it was local. It was a friend of mine, right? And then the outer, the outer London sound is Sir Coxon. And then you know we have not London Surdies, but whenever they're playing, the community came out and you know support them. You know. So there was a lot of support for sound, because that's the only time you can hear the prop, you know, the, the new stuff coming up from Jamaica. Even for me, who, who at the time started to live in England, you know, I rely on the sound system, because they're bringing up pre-release music. They're bringing up acetate, you know, the black, you know, it's not being released. So whenever a good sound is playing, I, you know, try to make it and listen to them, you know. Well, you know, a lot of promoters now who is doing big time shows. They started from promoting sound system, 
you know what I mean? So in terms of business, I think, you know, you have to ask the promoters them because they were the one that, you know, booking the sound system. So I think sound system, we're doing well, better than some t- some of the groups in, in Brent at, the, at my time, early time. They were getting more jobs. They were getting more more gigs than the actual band, you know. So, yeah, I th- yeah, the business aspect of it, I think the community did support the, the sound system. And that's why it's like sound is a big thing now. Just like I said, you know, when I came here, if you just see me, you'd have been loved, you know, because I come up as a proper a reggae artist, you know what I mean? The flair, the third um, color, you know, color for every foot, you know, color for every, you know what I mean? One example, if you see Scratch, Lee Perry, how he's dressed, I mean, you know, that's, I, I could say that could have been me, you know. Um, so the music, the dancing, and the playing, it all goes in one. You know, that's why I was, you know, that's why the development, you know, that's part of it, you have to come to England and show them how to dance, and yeah. Reggae, right? Reggae changed my whole out, outlook in life, you know. When I went to Africa and see how much it's been loved, right? give me a sense of, you know, where I want to be, not just a, a normal person. So when I was in Africa, I becomes a Rasta. I find my place, I, you know, finally find my place. You know, I started to dread my ear and things, right? So I can say reggae music changed my whole outlook in life because I see we are, it was very, very important all the music just take off. You know, I remember playing in Europe, right, like France, People didn't understand the music. Germany, they still didn't understand the music. Holland, they didn't understand the music. You know, so, you know, we keep on pumping, we keep on going there, we keep on playing in, in these places until no one of the biggest reggae band in Europe is from Holland. You see, so, you know, I can say my work is justify me coming here. You know, my attitude towards it, yeah, I'm a Rasta, I love, I love being a Rasta. You know, my, that's my culture, you know. But where the music is concerned, that's my first love, reggae. Uh, reggae give me a life. In terms of media response, I think the radio was a racist towards reggae music, right? If you, as a producer, produce a record and speak, um, sing it like what I'm talking now, right? They said, no, you're not speaking English. So they wouldn't play your real, you know, they wouldn't play your music because your diction is, is wrong. Right, you have to have the right diction. You have to have, you know, speak proper like an English person, which was like a lot of good music went in the bin. Radio station wouldn't play it because it have a Caribbean accent. So to me, I think that was one of the biggest racist thing. Yeah, in terms of playing for you know local and things, it was a new experience. You know, the local scene of reggae band. Some understand it. Some love it. But remember, in them times, it was young. It was really a young enterprise going on here, you know? Yeah, well, I forgive praises to Bob Marley. When Bob Marley came along, because at the time, I think the culture, the youth culture, they were still searching for identity, you know, the kids that move on here and them things, right? The straightforward love um, reggae music was coming from Jamaica. They weren't really into that. But when Bob came into the Rasta business, and they find, oh, you know what I mean, this is a culture that you can, you know, and it kind of identify with them. I think that's when the reggae really, really take off. You know, so Bob is like a, 
you know, I, a lot of people rate Bob, but I rate him for what he's done, you know what I mean? When Bob come, and you know, that first concert where he, where he done on BBC, I think it was go um, old Grey Racer, old Grey Racer test, yeah, that show. I think the whole dynamics of reggae music changed. Because him say, a raster man up there, yeah, I play reggae music, and I think the whole youth culture just started, everybody want to play reggae music, even we produce a good band, Oswald, at the time. Steel Pulse, musical youth, they see Bob, they see it was a different a different kind of music, so they jump on it, which is good, yeah. He just appears, some of these commercial radio, you know, the drum roll of some of these advert, you know, if, if you're a reggae musician, you know, so, oh, that's a reggae drum roll. It doesn't matter who played, you know, it have a lot of influence. A lot of community center, yeah, or a lot of community, when they put in on concert, if they do a reggae uh, program with it, that's going to be flapped because all the community now knows about reggae. See, you know, so if it, whether if it's Brent or a different, you know, if they don't have a, a reggae act, it's not going to be any good. I can tell you that because I've been to a lot of them. Well, reggae, as, as you know, with reggae music, you know, it's a worldwide thing now, not only for Brent or London. It's right across the world now. Anywhere in the world you go now, right, you hear reggae music. Even people fighting wars, having reggae playing on the cassette, I'm going to kill somebody. You know, so reggae music is very influential right now. Right, so I kind of say, well, for Brent, reggae music is a worldwide thing. It's it's break, it's open, it's open up the world. Just like what Bob Marley opened the rest and them thing there. Reggae music, every country in the world now know about reggae. Me, I'm just chilling now. I've got my own little studio, and you know, now and again I go in and put on a little tracks or something like that. But the gigs, going on gigs and everything there, I'm just watching it now. You know, you know, someone who do works, and you can see the fruits of your labor. And sometimes I say to myself, yeah, been there, done it. Now I can see the development. A lot of good musicians playing reggae now. Yeah, well, I can say Brent lost the way when it comes to reggae music. Brent had reggae music in their hands. Cause most of the artists them and musicians them were based in Brent. Brent was putting on a lot of concerts in all the parks and all the things. They were the only um council who was doing reggae on a big scale in the parks and everything. But for some reason they lost their way. Yeah, they they stopped doing that. So by stopped doing that, I can say clearly that they lost it. But before Brent used to be, you know, the only community that was really, really putting on reggae, you know, on a big scale. You know, three, four, five big artists coming in Brent. Ronald Park used to be one of the main parks that, you know, Brent used to have. Yeah, every year. It used to be a summer thing, but they lose their way. Well, it's right around now. Everywhere you go in Brent, there's reggae music, you know. So, when I mean they lost their way, I don't mean l lose it. They just that they should have been the spirit for it, you know, instead of trying to catch up. Right, but yeah, they a lot of groups coming from Brent now, you know, who is launching out, doing big things. As what was from Brent, they, you know, there was a big group, you know, so a lot of groups now, female group as well, who is coming from Brent. Yeah, so you know, Brent still have their, yeah, they got the praises. They, Brent still have their praises. Cause a lot of gr young groups now is, is, is trying to come out, but probably in the farm up, we say jungle or whatever, but. That was part of reggae. They all come from reggae. Well, I was young when I come here, so I know it was. Yeah, it would have, you know, it would have attract a lot of young people. Yeah, you know, when I come, 
me and the guys, I come back up older than me. I came in like 20. You know, so me as a young musician, you know, playing reggae music, I used to feel like what I'm going to be doing is, you know, promoted amongst the, the younger generation. I used to be one of my, a manager, but not for this um, borough, but for healing. I used to be um, the coordinator for music in healing, you know, developing reggae music. Well, in terms of the future, um, borough, right, and with reggae music, I would say they have to have more community center, more, you know, get the kids out more to, you know, upon a higher level, you know what I mean, to perform and develop the reggae, because a lot of younger generation want to play reggae. You know, I can see it sometimes, you know, new groups coming up, but they still need help, you know, that development still need to harness, vibrate.